0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Thursday, February 24th. A local mining company is looking to recover a copper deposit in the Lisbon Valley. But they need to pump chemicals through an aquifer to do it. And those living above the groundwater oppose the method. A public comment period for the company's proposal ended earlier this month. Justin Higginbottom visits a resident in the area to talk about what's at stake.
1: Pull you up a map, but the aquifer exemption, the line goes up in the trees here and kind of goes on, goes on across, but it's a line that basically cuts through the center of our propane tank right there and the center of our camper.
2: I'm walking with Scott Stevenson in front of his bed and breakfast, the three-step hideaway. We're getting some much-needed snow here in the dry Lisbon Valley. It's at the base of the cells. And he's pointing out the boundary of an aquifer that Lisbon Valley Mining Company wants to use to collect a copper deposit.
1: Right, if you look straight, you see the kind of two trees on that little knoll right there? Right. If you look out in the valley, almost to the other side, That's where that well is that has potable water.
2: An aquifer exemption basically means a company is allowed to pollute the groundwater. In this case, Lisbon Valley Mining would inject an acid solution into thousands of wells to dissolve and remove copper. It's a process called in-situ recovery and is generally less invasive than open pit mining. The environmental protection agency ultimately grants the exemption but with the requirement that the aquifer cannot now or in the future be used for drinking and that's where stevenson and his neighbors disagree with the mining company Stevenson has run three-step hideaway with his wife since 2014
1: it's set up like an old West town it's actually an old 1890s homestead we've been told by archaeologists working in the area that this is a pretty big arc site yeah and a lot of neat stuff and Anasazi's been here there was a spring in this canyon right here that um, did kind of go dry in the in the 1990s and uh, but it had been it' been here for a long, long time water you yeah. know it's it's a big issue and that's kind of what we're struggling with right
2: now. Rock separates his wall from the aquifer, but Stevenson is worried about contamination, which would be devastating.
1: If they do that, the aquifer exemption permit, it is forever. It's stated that you can never, ever pull potable water or drinking water out of that aquifer ever again. Forever is a long time, especially since, you know, we're in a big drought and you can't live without water.
2: He also says the Burrow Canyon Aquifer, the one in question, can provide drinking water. His neighbor and rancher R.L. Wilcox agrees. Here's him at a public comment hearing earlier this year.
1: My family's been trying to develop water resources in Lower Lisbon Valley and surrounding areas since the 1950s. My family lives and operates a cattle ranch in Lower Lisbon Valley. We depend on water from the Borough Canyon Aquifer for our domestic drinking water, irrigation,
2: and livestock watering. Lisbon Valley Mining directed me to their public comments for a response. They argue the EPA should exempt the aquifer because it does not supply a public water system, meaning for something like a town. And they say wells within the exemption are abandoned. Sarah Fields of Uranium Watch knows this area well. She spent years documenting the remnants of uranium mining in the LaSalle.
1: It's a huge project, and it will certainly have a dramatic impact on not only the appearance of the lower Lisbon Valley, which is a really beautiful, relatively unspoiled area, it will also affect the groundwater. So you have two concerns, what's going to be happening on top and what's going to be happening underneath the ground.
2: And the area has a history of poor industry neighbors.
1: The Lisbon Valley has been really impacted by industrial operations. You have some oil and gas. You also have a uranium mill that still ha- has been gone under reclamation, but it's contaminating the groundwater.
2: Stevenson from The Bed and Breakfast worries that Lisbon Valley Mining Company could run out of money or water or both. In 2020, the state revoked the company's permits due to financial troubles, and they are still behind on taxes.
1: The commissioners are stating that the mines almost caught up on their back taxes, that they owe just about a million dollars. Well, from that meeting, I walked downstairs to the treasurer's office, and I had just checked with her a few days before what the mine still owed, and it was $1.92 million, so it was within $8,000 of being $2 bucks. And I said, have they paid something in the past few days I haven't heard about? And he's like, no. And I said, well,
2: you might let the commissioners know. The company's plan includes proposed financial assurances, a $6.2 million bond and requirement to plug and rinse wells, and 20 years of monitoring after the operation is over. Stevenson isn't convinced.
1: I'm just afraid what's going to happen is they're going to get out here if they get everything done that they want to do, the aquifer exemption, and start doing this in-situ recovery mining, start this process, and then, oh, we're out of water. Sorry, guys.
2: See ya. Utah's Division of Water Quality will go over the public comments, and then they will decide whether to make a request for the exemption to the EPA. Lisbon Valley Mining needs a lot more permits after that. The process, if it continues, will likely take years. In the meantime, Stevenson will be watching his well. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News.
0: The Ute Mountain Ute Tribe is moving towards an economy driven by renewable energy production, after historically relying on fossil fuels. For instance, the tribe already supplements its electricity with solar power. And as Rocky Mountain Community Radio's Sophia Stewart-Rossi reports, the tribe
3: is now looking into hydroelectric projects too. The Ute Mountain Ute Tribe is one of three federally recognized tribes of the Ute Nation in southwest Colorado. And the natural scenery of the tribe's lands is dreamy. Light winds breeze by cliffs, and there are canyons of all different shades that rise sharply out of the high desert landscape. In fact, the region is known for its steep mesas. The reservation borders Mesa Verde National Park. And at the southernmost tip of the park proper, there's a valley that drops down more than a thousand feet. A valley that holds a profound amount of renewable energy potential. This particular area is the planned site of a hydroelectric project that could produce more than 600 megawatts of electricity. Scott Clow is the Ute Mountain Ute's Environmental Programs Director.
2: The fascinating thing about hydroelectric projects is that they last a really long time. So,
3: The project being considered for Ute Mountain Ute Reservation would involve what's called a closed-loop pumped storage hydropower and it acts similarly to a giant battery because it can store power and then be switched on and off as electricity is needed. The project is a configuration of two water reservoirs at different elevations connected by a long pipe that passes through a turbine. Think of it as the power of gravity. It can generate power as water moves from the top reservoir to the bottom reservoir and through the turbine in the process. But a lot of energy will be needed to bring the water back up to the top reservoir to do the whole system again. And the type of energy to do that makes a big difference with a project like this. Professor Gigi Richard is the director of Four Corners Water Center. And so in order to make it truly renewable, then that energy to do the pumping needs to be coming from a renewable source. Richard is not a part of the Ute Mountain Ute project, but she is an expert in water in the Four Corners region. And she says there's been problems with drier water years in the underground water aquifers that rely on precipitation to stay around. She explains if you dig a hole and hit water, that's a water table. And some water tables are sustained from rain and snow that seeps through the ground, something the Four Corners region doesn't get a lot of. And pumping that water out for a hydroelectric project could actually be problematic under dry conditions. In this case, you're taking groundwater, pumping it to the surface where some of it may be evaporated into the atmosphere. So it's a net loss to the groundwater system. Bernadette Cuthair is the director of planning and development for the Ute Mountain Ute tribe. And she says they're looking into how they can decrease water evaporation rates in dry areas and make this project last as long as possible. And what what I asked them to do was study floating uh, solar panels on the reservoirs. Hair says based on a survey released to tribal members in 2011, they're working on making sure members are informed and open to easing hesitation to new technologies. The Ute Mountain Ute tribe has a legacy with the oil and gas industry, and they have oil fields in the Four Corners region. Historically, the tribe has relied on revenue from fossil fuels like natural gas and oil, But that revenue has been decreasing for a long time, and the tribe is looking into renewable energy, like the hydroelectric project. Scott Close says they are still in the planning stages of this project and doesn't know yet what type of energy will be used to pump water between the reservoirs. Either it be fossil fuels or renewable energy like solar from their solar field. But he does know it'll be cost effective and it'll help make the tribe's energy sources financially profitable again.
1: Decision makers here are constantly challenged with how do we get more for our people? How do we get more for our people? And this is it. You know, we're like, we're
2: trying to backfill that void that was created by fossil fuels.
3: For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Sophia Stewart-Rossi in Toya, Colorado.
0: This story is part of a collaboration with Rocky Mountain Community Radio, focusing on fossil fuel transitions in the West. And that's the KZMU News for Thursday, February 24th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.